1: We're on a run in the NFL where every week we have a game of the year. Week 14's game of the year, Eagles-Cowboys. It's been a little odd how much critical talk there's been this week around Jalen Hurts. The Cowboys have played, dare you say, near-perfect football for a month, but it's December. So who you got there? And Bills-Kansas City. They've game of the year before too, and both need to get right quick let's go around the horn all that football in a second but we start with the in season tournament Pacers yeah. shocking the world Their come up this year it's been great to watch they put out 130 a night offensively But it's Tyrese Halliburton's rise that is really shocking the power structure of the league. 27-15 yesterday, checking the watch in Dame's face as the Pacers beat Milwaukee to get to the in-season tournament final, where they'll play the Los Angeles Lakers, who roll the pelicans. And LeBron was taking multiple charges last night. That's how much he wanted this win. Pablo Torre, around the horn to you. What does this Pacers Lakers final on Saturday mean? And who, when you consider the rise of the Pacers or their starved indie fans or LeBron or Adam Silver, does this in season tournament mean most for?
2: Yeah, Tony, I've talked about how much Adam Silver was right about something that everybody else thought he was wrong about. So I'll leave that just as an implicit note. Mm -hmm. Tyrese Halliburton is the story here. What we're going to get in this title game is more of a guy who is suddenly a face of this league. And it's crazy to say that. I don't just say that because I realize now that I'm dressed like an Indiana Pacer. I say that because Tyrese (laughs) Halliburton is having an insane year who now has a three-dimensionality to who he is as a character. He is the guy who will Dame time Dame. He is the guy with the weird-looking three-point set shot who is sinking 44% of them on the year, averaging 27 points, 12 assists, 4 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an all-NBA caliber player. And by the way, when I was thinking about, okay, who do the Sixers want to trade for when it was the James Harden-Ben Simmons thing, Halliburton, okay, I'm embarrassed to say, was not who I wanted. to do. About, about this. I, <laughs> I appreciate that everything has to be about you in your own head, but
1: the rise of Tyrese Halliburton, says our resident Rick Smits in Plasma 4. Cordy Crotan, to you on, on what this in-season tournament takeaway is.
0: If we didn't have this in-season tournament, the rise of Tyrese Halliburton would be a storyline in the state of Indiana. And anybody who's got that RSN who can watch Pacers games every night, he's doing this on the national stage after signing a $260 million max contract yes. in the last two games. 28 assists, zero turnovers. That's really good basketball. And I know the thing with him, you know, pointing at his watch to, da- to doing, uh, you know, Dame mm-hmm. time to yeah. Dame time. I think it's a sign of respect that, hey, I'm doing okay. this too. And the world's getting introduced to me on this stage. It matters. And it's more than just the $500,000 paycheck that the winners get for the NBA Cup. You see LeBron James taking charges last night. Not just any charge, a charge against Zion Williamson. The man is 30. <laughs> He's years old. He's logged more minutes than anybody else in NBA history. Very clearly, it means a lot to uh-huh. him, and it means a lot for this up-and-coming Indiana team that faces off with the Lakers in the final.
1: Okay, so you agree with our debt-lift shrimp over there in Plasma 4 that this was about <laughs> Halliburton and the Pacers and a little bit of LeBron. Okay. show
3: now to you. I'm going to take one step up from Halliburton and look at the puppeteer, Rick Carlisle, who, if you recall, one time was rec- considered a really good coach in this league. People have been wondering, whatever happened to him since he left Dallas? He hasn't made the playoffs. But if you go way back in time, when Larry Bird got his first head coaching job with the Pacers, he said, I'll take it, but Rick Carlisle's got to run the offense for me. That's how much respect he mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. for him. And Rick and Rick Carlisle has always wanted to play a fast-paced Offense that he couldn't necessarily play with Dirk, and he couldn't really even play it so much with Luka. And now he can play it with Halliburton, and they are playing at the fastest pace in the league. And this has freed up Halliburton and Miles Turner and all the rest to put on what so far has been a hell of a show. Mm
1: -hmm. Everybody loves these Pacers. All right, Clinton Yates on the in-season tournament for you.
4: Yeah, Derek McKee isn't walking through that. Yeah, that go this still no. <laughs> feels a little weird to me. It's like, am I supposed to be paying attention to Halliburton just because they're playing on Rainbow Road in Vegas? Like, no. That guy's been a star, and he's been a good player ever since he was at no, no, no. A, a, Iowa State. I don't really get how I'm supposed to buy in that this is a more clutch moment because they've created a tournament. That's a good team. He's a great player, but all this other stuff that I'm supposed to buy into, it feels a little strange to say, like, oh, LeBron Ron's finally playing his heart out. Like, isn't that what the money's for every night? You know, that's Mm -hmm. what you're forced to think about when it comes down to this tournament. And I still think there's something, a bit of a disconnect between fans that do watch the NBA every day and people that don't. Courtney,
1: you brought it up, but let me go back to Danny Granger, Plasma 4. If you're Halliburton, can you Dame time Dame? Pablo, that's you. Pablo, that's you. You're Danny Granger. Come on down.
2: Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I consider myself more of a Paul George circa, you know, about five years. Is, ago. is
1: it all right for Halliburton to go to the watch like that? Because Lillard said, be humble, young player. add answer that, please. We already <laughs> got enough from, from Courtney. No, yeah it's,
3: yeah, it's fine for him to do that. And even Lillard was fine with it. I'm just puzzled by the fact that up in Plasma 1, uh, above me, the, the, the one most likely to tell us that uh, Copa America Group C is going to be great. With Uruguay in <laughs> the United States, he can't get into this in-season tournament in the NBA. That's a good point. Well, Tim,
1: since you're into it, uh, Saturday night, bright lights of Vegas, the bright lights of the East floor. Who you got?
3: Why? I've got the Lakers, unfortunately, after talking all about the Pacers. <laughs> okay. I think, uh, you know, they, obviously they can beat them. They just beat Boston. They just beat Milwaukee. Uh, but I think I think once LeBron sets his mind to something and he's playing – still at this ridiculous level, mm-hmm. he's going to make it happen. Morning.
0: Yeah, LeBron dropped 30 last night in the game before this. 15 of his 31 came in the fourth quarter. They're up to the fourth seed in the West. I think that their last three games are indicative of where this team's going into uh, when the actual Christmas Day slate, that's when most people consider the start of the NBA season to be.
2: Heywood Workman? Anyone? No? Oh, no? The, sp- the sp- spirit Fleming? the spirit of <laughs> Dale Davis compels me. Ah, to all right, You got the Indiana, face. and Clinton Yates just will end on this. It's got to be the Lakers. Unfortunately
4: for a team that always cares about championships, they're taking this non-championship very seriously.
1: <laughs> We've been horned. We'll move on. This NFL week, I say again, this may be the game of the year of the week. Oh. Eagles-Cowboys. Add Nick Bosa to the surprising... Critical spotlight on Jalen Hurts this past week. He said in the aftermath of their win last week over Philly, they put out the blueprint on how to stop Hurts, so Cowboys take note. The Cowboys have played, dare you say, perfect football for a month, Tim Kalishaw. but now it's the month of December. A December to remember. Who would you rather be Sunday
3: night in Dallas, Dak or Hurts, Cowboys or Eagles, Tim? Well, Sunday night, I would rather be Dak. Sunday night, I would rather be the Cowboys. That is specific to Sunday night. It is a home game where the Cowboys are averaging, as you alluded to, 41 points per game. Dak, uh, his stats right now, if you just put this is quarterback A, quarterback B, quarterback Z, Dak's stats would line up with what you would assume an MVP candidate looks like. And the Cowboys have to win to have any chance at all. The thing people have to remember, even though they're going to be tied with the Eagles if they beat them. The Eagles have to lose another game somewhere, either to Seattle, Arizona, or the Giants, or the Eagles are going to win the East anyway. So, But this is the must-have. This is desperation time for Dallas. Eagles are a little wobbly after getting beat up by the 49ers. I think it's perfect timing for Dallas.
1: Courtney, same question to you. Sunday night, who would you rather be? Dallas and Dak, Hurts and Philly.
0: I'll take the home team 14 game win streak certainly speaks for itself, but I've got a lot of questions about this Eagles team. Certainly what we saw last week against the San Francisco 49ers. And I understand the concerns about Jalen hurts, even though he's on pace for career best in passing touchdowns, passing yards and rushing touchdowns, but he's not getting enough help consistently from that defense and from that run game. And on the other side of that, you've got Dak who's thrown 21 touchdowns and two interceptions in his last seven games, give me the Cowboys. Pablo
2: Torre? Yeah, this feels like a game that the Cowboys should win. And not just for the reasons that um, Courtney and Tim said. I think they should win this because the Eagles' resume this season has been a little fishy if you look just beneath the surface, the surface being Mm win-loss. And by the way, loss to the Jets, pointed that out, people laughed at me, was accurate. Secondly, though, look at how many games have been close, Tony, all of these one-score games. I'm not saying that the Cowboys are that much better than the Eagles. I just feel like if they're even somewhat close, Jalen Hurts' injury means give me the team in Dallas.
1: What injury is there for Jalen Hurts, though? There's been a lot of whisper and cloak and dagger stuff about, okay, maybe he doesn't have the same burst, but he's not on the injury report. And then a, and a second question. I'm going to go back to you, Pablo, because you brought up how Philly uh, hasn't really beaten anybody in there. Who's Dallas beaten for the last month and a half?
2: No, it's the margin of victory to me, mm. Tony. It's just saying that when it comes to an Eagles team that had lost one game and then, of course, gets blown up by the Niners, look at the games they had won. All of them come down to the wire, basically. One score games, broadly speaking. Some might say, now, in terms of Jaylen look how Hurts,
1: good they are at winning one score games.
2: <laughs> Only 10 and
4: 2. Clinton Yates, to you. The reason I'd rather be the Eagles is because the Eagles feel like a squad that knows who their opponents are ahead of them and where they have to get and know who they are, whilst the Cowboys still have to prove who they are at a certain moment. And when they lost to the Niners, they got blown out, sure, but at least this is a team that can look ahead to them and say, that's what we're trying to get to. The Cowboys are still trying to figure that part out. My biggest concern, though, is, you mentioned this, Tony, with Hurts. I don't know what the injury is, but I know that he was pressured 25 times last game, and that was the most that has ever been in his career. So keeping him upright is critical to whether or not the Eagles are going to be able to win this game or that he's going to be able to contribute the way that he does with his legs usually to victory. Tim, a second question.
1: Aside from quarterbacks, one matchup that you think decides this game?
3: Um, well, I would say Lane Johnson versus Micah Parsons. Obviously, Micah Parsons is going to line up against a lot of different lines but can the Eagles, who have a very good offensive line, clearly control the pass rush like Seattle did? Their pass rush wasn't good last week. They gave up 28 points before they had a sack or a turnover. If that happens again, the Cowboys are going to get beat.
1: All right, time for your picks. Be Cronin around the horn to you.
0: I've got the Cowboys.
1: Pablo Torre. Yeah, i give you Michael Parsons in the Cowboys. Quinton Yates.
3: Eagles, Hurts comes up big. Tim Kalashaw. 31 to 17, Cowboys. Iris right, on
4: that. Ooh.
5: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza. Better because it has to be. Coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase.
1: Patriots 21, Steelers 18. Everybody had jokes yesterday, but some real offense. And more importantly, consequences in this game for both the playoffs and the draft. So, Clinton... How big of a setback for Pittsburgh? How big of a draft setback for the Patriots?
4: a pretty big setback for the Steelers. I mean, this is a squad that's kind of skated by by the skin of their teeth in terms of how they win games, point differential and all that. And I'm not going to go so far as to say that Tomlin needs to go, not by any stretch, but it's the first time I thought, man, this was not a well-coached game by a guy that is typically very much on his P's and Q's for the Steelers. I'm not saying that they're going to get rid of him or that he's going to go anywhere. It was just a very odd scenario for a Tim guy. Tim Kalishaw, take away from last night.
3: There aren't many times you get the opportunity to play consecutive games against teams eight games below 500, both 2 mm. and 10, Arizona and then New England, and at home, and they lost to both. The first NFL team ever to do that. Courtney Cronin.
0: My takeaway is where was this with the Patriots offense the last uh, 12 weeks, uh, 13 weeks of the season with Bailey Zappi completing that 37-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster? Did you know that was their first pass that had 30 yards air completion of the entire right? season? Yeah. Like, that it is It felt like it, to, to be, be honest. About. It certainly
1: felt like it was the only I- time they did done that.
2: <laughs> Pablo Torre. But that's why my takeaway, Tony, is, yes, where was this? And can it go back there before the draft? Like, the Patriots are not playing for this season. They got two wins. Caleb Williams, Drake May, all of these guys, those are the solutions to their problems. Yes, I'm going to be the guy encouraging them to get a higher draft pick, shockingly. with this game, not worth losing the position that they had entering this game. Patriots do have three wins
1: just like your points we'll move on bills kansas city another great game this week it's absurd to believe that playoff game with 13 seconds was less than two years ago kc off a loss bills off a loss and a bye and sean mcdermott after the press conference he had yesterday where he was asked to explain his september 11th pep talk to the team from years ago a pep talk where he talked about Preparation and teamwork of the terrorists to motivate his team. There is no explanation that could ever matter, I say as an aside. But here's the full context of the story on the screen. Reporting from Tyler Dunn of Long. Courtney Cronin on the field. Which of these teams is in position to get right this weekend?
0: I think it's the Bills. And if there's any sort of must-win game this weekend, it falls in Buffalo's category. They're 11th right now in the AFC standings, tied with teams uh, that have the identical records as them. So they've got to make up some ground here, and they're doing it against a Chiefs team that's trending in the wrong direction in terms of injuries. Now we know Josh Allen's thrown an interception in eight straight games, but the caveat here for as good as the Chiefs scoring defense is, they're 24th in turnovers, with only 14 takeaways, so this might be the opportunity for a get-right mm. game for Josh Allen.
3: Tim show who needs a get-right more? Uh, well, I think Buffalo at 6-6 six six does, but I also think Buffalo was very close to playing the what they needed to do against Philadelphia mm-hmm. and, and winning that game in overtime. And while the Chiefs, you know, they have a big lead in their division, they're not really threatened at this point, but they're not playing well, they have no Pacheco, and, and they're a long way from securing that home-field advantage that they've had all through the playoffs during Mahomes time.
4: Flynn, who needs to get right more? The Bills need this badly. I mean, we can talk about how Josh Allen played a great game in terms of against the Eagles, but he missed that throw in overtime that they needed that would have won them that bad. boy. I still think those that interception streak is a major problem for that squad. As for McDermott, overall, PSA to football coaches, please stop using combat terrorism analogies to try to motivate your football teams. It just doesn't land this in this world in these days. Please stop. It's not necessary.
2: And Pablo Torre. Yeah, give me the Chiefs, Tony. This article, that anecdote in this article by Tyler Dunn, if only Sean McDermott only did something like that alone. There are larger stories in here about the dysfunction among his coordinators. Him taking over the defensive play calling from Leslie Frazier, blaming Leslie Frazier when it didn't go well. And there are so many sources in a three-part series here. The roots of this problem are deeper than that one anecdote. Give me the Chiefs in general. That one anecdote.
1: I hear what you're saying, Clinton. Please stop. I have a question even before that. Why? Why? And right. that's a call you into the office and tell me why, if I'm running that thing. Right.
4: We're moving on. Matt Rule talking about Normandy, et cetera. I just understand
1: what you're saying. Not I mean, we've, 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 we 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 fire cell three. Marvin Harrison Jr. telling reporters covering the Heisman week he's undecided about going pro. Christian Williams football guys reported this week an alleged offering of an NIL deal to stay at Ohio State that would rival first round pick money. Courtney, what do you believe here?
0: I don't believe the NIL deal. We've never seen a deal of what was reported about $25 million and I'm sorry. When it comes to Caleb Williams, when it comes to Marvin Harrison, you cannot pass up first contracts as a top three, top four pick of about 35 million dollars, and then second contracts worth potential hundreds of millions of dollars.
2: Pablo Torre, I believe a booster would pay six to seven over that million dollars to keep Marvin Harrison Jr. Matt Rule said there are players right now getting paid as much. Do you do? But it's so. about injury risk. I believe that they will boosters will provide that money now, but the injury risk cannot possibly make this worth it to Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. to not start the clock on his NFL career.
4: Not only do I believe it, I like it. Players have some sort of leverage in their situations going into the league because the money is not everything. This is going to be a much more serious factor for college sports in general. Let's just take a look at, say, women's college basketball, where people are staying in because, hello, they're making more cash. Than they So would you believe the this is I'm a realistic yes.
1: um, open opportunity here? Tim Kalish, how about you?
3: Yeah, I think there's a big upside to NIL money. It does, I don't think it applies to the Marvin Harrisons, who are going to go too high in the draft. I, I don't think they're going to get that kind of cash. But basketball some basketball players that aren't going to be first-round picks, football players that aren't, uh, really good college players maybe stay in that extra year, make a million dollars. It's not the worst thing in the world. Courtney Crone and Pablo
1: Torre, thank you for your time. Today, Clint Yates, Tim Kalashaw, showdown next.
5: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Around the Horn is presented by Grey Goose. Vive la vodka. Please sip responsibly. Part of happy hour
1: only time for one showdown good luck clinton good luck tim the latest on trevor lawrence he completed a second day of practice today doug peterson hinting he'll be a game time decision sunday the top of the afc south separated by just one game so this week jags at browns texans at jets colts at Bengals. will there be more
4: clarity or less clarity after this week lynn I think there will be more clarity, and Jags at Browns is the reason why. Those are the two teams in that mix that have the highest top side, but we don't exactly know whether or not that Browns defense is going to be able to carry them through, and we got to figure out whether or not the Jags are going to be something without their best quarter, their quarterback and their best player. I think that's the marquee matchup for that group of men. California.
3: Clinton sees clarity coming in a matchup where neither starting quarterback is known at this time, <laughs> or probably will be known Correct. until kickoff or shortly Shortly before it. I think there's going to be more mud, not clarity. Mm-hmm. Houston is coming. I think they're going to beat the Jets. I think they're going to be tied with the Jaguars very soon. And that injury with Lawrence is going to take some time. So I think it's going to be. You, know, you say there will be more
4: tired. mud, less clarity. Clinton said there'll be more be mud. mid. Hobolo beating the beating <laughs> the Jets matters all of a sudden. <laughs> what
1: are we doing? The win gets them on pace win. in the division. Tim Kalashaw gets that win. Ah, in pace.
3: Thank you, Tony. I can't fix all of officiating in the NFL. Pass interference is always going to be impossible, but we don't need rules like the one that came up with five minutes to go last night where the Pittsburgh Steelers were punting and they were called for too quick of a head raise by the center. <laughs> the centers are allowed to look up, but he has to look up with a nice pace. If he looks up a little too quickly, the ref can call him on it. It's all up to the ref. We don't need that kind of subjective call. The no, Patriots just no. just off sides. Didn't even expect it. All right, well, let's see. Everybody, put
1: your head down right now on my Red Set Go. You get it up. Red Set Go. Nice and smooth. We'll see you Monday.